0: Back to the Daily Atlanta Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Hyde Joined with me as always, the wonderful, amazing Josh Peach. Josh, how's it going? Oh, Gabby, stop it.
1: Um, I'm good, Gabby. I uh, for those that care, went back on the boat yesterday. Got to do some skiing, so that was a good time. Um, got taken out by a huge wave though. Hit my head pretty hard, so. We'll see if that impacts me at all. But I've been watching a lot of baseball. I'm pretty excited to talk about that later. Yeah, it's been it's been a good it's been a good week of baseball.
0: We love the Josh Boat Chronicles. Please keep us updated. Did you what what was the wave? Like did you get like did you do like backflip off it or like what happened?
1: Honestly, I don't remember too much. It just came up. Like it was super duper windy, so the wake wasn't good and it came up. I'm six four for those that Like want to understand this, and it came up to like the middle of my chest, and I'm like a skinny dude too, so it really took me off, and I just flew sideways and hit the side of my head, and I woke like I came up out of the water, my ear was ringing, I was like, that was a tough one, so I was done for the day after that.
0: Tough, I haven't been like boating or anything in so long, but I remember this one time back in like probably like junior high or something, I was boating with my friend, we were tubing. And her dad was, like, whipping us crazy. Yeah. Like, how the typical dad, boat dad does it. Mm-hmm. And I literally backflipped, like, double backflipped off the tube. And, like, landed, like, smack in the water. Worst pain in my life. I literally woke up, was so, like, not woke up. Okay? I came out of the water. I, like, like, no. I came out of the water. And I was, like, so deranged. I was, like, what just happened? Boating is, boating is a... It's dangerous, but it's a
1: dangerous sport. I agree. Whether it's tubing, skiing, kneeboarding, whatever, watch, watch out, especially the driver. Watch out yeah. for him.
0: The drive, like if it's a dad driving the boat, you're you're done for. Like you, you're are, in
1: for a tough ride. You're yeah, you're in for
0: a tough ride. All right. Well, a little sad news to start off our podcast. Not that we want to start this way, but we have to honor the legend. It like. The man surrounding Illinois basketball, Lou Henson, passed away this Saturday. Um, The News Gazette announced this this morning that Saturday, Lou Henson, Illinois great, most winningest basketball coach in Illinois history, passed away at the age of 88, Um, lived obviously an amazing life, lived a great basketball life, had a career record, of seven hundred and seventy-nine wins and four hundred thirteen losses. The sixth winningest in the sixth winningest coach in Division I history at the time. At the time of his like when he retired. I mean incredible career. Everybody who pays any attention to Illinois basketball ever knows who Lou Henson is. He is literally the he was this treasure in Champaign. I mean he would come to A game, or I know he would try and get to a game every year, um, and everyone would honor him. I mean, everybody loved him, like, you never heard a bad story, a bad thing about him. Josh, what do you have to say?
1: Yeah, you know, he couldn't make it to games in the last couple of years just because he'd gotten sick, and he did really well at New Mexico State, too. But man, he should have had a national championship in '89. He could recruit like no other, he could coach teams to 31 seasons he was insane so yeah terrible news but glad that illinois could have him in their community for so long
0: yeah i mean just what he has done him and his wife have done for this community for the Champaign urbana community is incredible i mean he was a constant support for every basketball team every illinois basketball team since his time um i obviously we never got the chance but any media who covered him any person who had the chance of meeting him Loved him, always had great things to say. So, again, rest in peace, Lou Henson. Thank you for the time you spent at Illinois and all the time you gave to the Champaign community. And with that, we'll be done with the sadness. We'll be done with that part.
1: It's transition time.
0: Transition it's, time.
1: We're gonna let's
0: transition get hype. To what Josh, because the only thing Josh has been doing this past week, watching baseball.
1: Um mm-hmm.
0: uh, MLB picked up about a week ago. Um last Thursday. We're recording this on Wednesday, so almost a week ago. Josh is happy because his Cubs are four and one. I'm okay because the Pirates have won a game. They have won a game. They actually won two, two
1: games. games. Two games so two as,
0: as we're recording this, they play the Brewers again tonight. They had a kind of lengthy battle yesterday. I think it was yesterday, yeah. Yeah, Josh. Also throwing a little shade at the White Sox earlier. One and four. Um, yeah, the
1: Sox suck. Okay. No, they don't suck. We'll get into that later. But I'm yeah, so, not a, not a big White Sox. Guy. Record
0: isn't good, obviously, but we're also only five games in. But I mean, every game counts in this season. Every game counts. So, Josh, you've been watching the most baseball between the two of us. What are your thoughts on the start of the season? Um, just this past week, what have you been seeing?
1: So the start of the season has been really, really fun, especially for me since my team is winning. But we've seen the Yankees do well, some drama between the Dodgers and Astros, which we'll talk about a little later. Obviously, my Cubs are 4-1 and one and they're beating the supposed to be division winners, Cincinnati Reds right now, which is fantastic. Uh, in the AL, the White Sox are not doing what they're supposed to. We see Tampa 4-1. and one. That's pretty cool. The Indians 4-1, and one, Twins 3-1. and one. So... Not too many surprises over there. The Marlins and Phillies obviously not playing right now because of all that. But for the baseball we've had has been really fun. And I'm glad to see that out of the 30 teams, 29 seem to have it under control. And I'm just excited for more.
0: I think we mentioned a couple of weeks ago back the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, like you said, 4-1 and one right now. They're that team that everyone's kind of like, okay, they could come and win this thing. Um, So I think it's exciting to see just a different team kind of have a hot start. You know, you always see your Yankees or Dodgers, things like that. But I think, and we've mentioned this so many times already, but this short season, assuming they can hopefully get through it not looking amazing right now is going to be really interesting come playoff time and come the end of this season. um, Obviously The elephant in the room with the MLB right now is the Marlins. They have kind of messed things up. They should just be kicked out, I think. Uh, No, not really. But I think it's been now a total of – let me pull up ESPN. Have had an article just a couple hours ago. More Marlins players, coaches have been tested. Now uh, the number of cases – in the Marlins is 18 as of right now, as of Wednesday afternoon, 18.
1: And that's in the organization. I think it's 16 players, two coaches.
0: Yes, I believe so. I mean, and so they just finished up their series in Philadelphia. No Phillies players or coaches have tested positive yet. They've all been testing negative. So a couple things, as far as the Phillies testing negative, obviously we, we, know, kind of know, that symptom, or it takes a little while for this virus to actually show up positive on a test. So the Phillies aren't totally in the clear right now, but from what we're seeing, this is good news for how baseball can function with the coronavirus. We're seeing a lot of social distancing. We're seeing... I think it was the Pirates. One of the Pirates coaches got into an argument with the – with uh, the um, but they both put their masks on yes, before they started six arguing. Apart. And they stayed a distance. So, I mean, it's good news for baseball as a whole. You're seeing the sport can function so far. Obviously, the Phillies players will continue to get tested. The Phillies were supposed to play the Yankees, right? And that yeah. – series has now been postponed, I think for at least a week until Sunday. The Marlins have been suspended till Sunday as of right now. Obviously if more players keep testing positive, that's probably gonna have to change. But so we only have two teams now, Phillies, Marlins, who are unable to compete. I mean, Josh, what do you where do you see this going? Do you see this becoming a bigger issue? Do you think the MLB can control this and we can keep going? What what do you think's going on right here?
1: So the first weekend, the Marlins were in Philadelphia and they were using their away locker room, which is the main reason that the Phillies and Yankees aren't playing right now. Because even though the Phillies are testing negative, they still need to like wait time and sanitize the locker rooms and all of that because you just want to be sure. But well, one, it's really disappointing that the Marlins knew going into Sunday's game that they had cases and they decided to play anyways. But that being said, we've seen two games each day postponed. That's four teams. And the rest of the league is functioning fine. Like the Orioles, Marlins, Phillies, and Yankees haven't been playing, but every other team is fine. We haven't seen any positive cases since I think a week before the season started or something like that. And I know that a lot of people that were recovering, like, well, Juan Soto had a false positive, but then like Mike Moustakas, those are a couple notable names of players coming back. So the league is functioning fine. I mean, we had a little scare there. And personally, I thought that it was going to be a lot bigger of a deal. But now that I think about it, if only that one team is having, you know, Players that test positive, and yeah, they shouldn't have played Sunday. But if everyone else is testing negative, people are feeling fine. You have someone like Rick Rentry of the White Sox who felt a little sick, so he skipped managing a game, but he came back. He got tested; he's fine. If players and coaches can do that, I don't see a reason the MLB can't go all the way through October and play a World Series.
0: Yeah, I think I I think we both had some doubts a few weeks ago, um, just about if MLB can get through this season. I personally said no. I don't know and I think we've I feel bad because we've changed our opinions on so many things so much but you have to do that right now like in this pandemic in this environment that we're living in you have to be willing to change your opinions on things based on like new information you're getting and right now my opinion is baseball might work and I think you just I think Dr. Fauci actually praised the MLB I think today or yesterday saying that he believes they've done everything they can to be controlling this. I mean, the Marlins are still in Philly. They haven't left Philly. So they're quarantining, which is obviously great news that they're not being reckless and trying to just, like, get back home or whatever. Um, And it's one team. It's one team who has only been with the Phillies. So that's only two teams. And the fact that they shut down the Phillies and the Yankees right away I respect that. I appreciate that because now you just have these two groups who need to quarantine, need to get it together, and then you can keep going. Obviously, if you have a different team a week having all these positive cases, but I think like you said, Josh, the Marlins kind of knew they had a couple positives and they went and played anyways. Kind of selfish, kind of reckless. Hopefully, other teams see that they saw the mistake that the Marlins make you're not going to make that mistake again if a player tests positive don't make that mistake you have to be as selfless as possible in this scenario and I think you're going to see that of course every player every coach wants to be on that field right now they've waited months to get this season going but if you want to actually get the season going and keep the season going you have to be so selfless and just take yourself out of it for a week or two or however much you need your team can go on without you. It sucks. Obviously, this is your profession. You want to do it. But I think players, coaches, teams are going to look at the Marlins scenario right now. This happened early. It's kind of a learning lesson, a little learning curve. They're on right now. And I, hope, I think you're going to see teams be more careful, be more cautious, and just be accountable for their positive tests.
1: Well, I think the MLB has to count their blessings because this could have blown up, right? I know the Braves played the Marlins in the preseason, and then what if some Phillies would have gotten it and they wouldn't have canceled the Yankees game? Like, I'm mixed on him, but shout out Rob Manfred for, like, canceling the games right away. That was good on his part. It could have blown up, but it didn't, and I think that the MLB got really lucky. But that said, you know, like I said, I'm mixed on Rob Manfred. I'm not sure about all the rule changes, but him and his team did a really good job because it's 60 games in 66 days, right? Why do you think they did that? They wanted to limit time that people could get out of travel time, playing time, and hotel time to, like, actually go and get the virus. So, like, shout-out to the MLB on that. And, like, in that case, it's going to work. But one player getting it could ruin the whole thing. But this time it didn't. So, again, shout-out to the MLB. They kind of got lucky, but they kind of handled it well, too. So I'll give Manfred that.
0: Yeah, I mean, as of now, things should be fine. Um, Everyone's playing according to plan, obviously, besides a couple teams you mentioned. A Little drama last night, and you know, you know me. I love drama. I love reality shows. We talked about The Bachelor all the time.
1: I can't Can we- wait for The Bachelor again in the I know. Can we- I can't Are- wait so-
0: We're gonna start a separate Bachelor podcast. So any Bachelor, yeah. Bachelor up fans out there, tune in, listen up for that info. But anyways, baseball drama. I mean, sports and drama combined. That's like my favorite thing ever. So we had the Dodgers and the Astros playing. Last night, right? I mean, everybody everybody hates the Astros right now. whole cheating scandal. Everybody, besides the Astros, hate the Astros. I mean, and obviously Astros fans, whatever. So, we got Joe Kelly pitching. Pitching to Correa, Carlos Correa, right? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Don't come at me, Correa. Yeah. I don't want your issues, too. So, the whole – the whole series was like a little heated. The whole uh, batting series was a little heated between them. Um, Kelly had thrown right at Correa's head. Um, I think at what was it? Two and two was the count, I believe. Um were Right at his head, like a bullet at his head. Obviously, Correa got down in time, ducked. And you could see there was a little tension because the ball went wild. So Kelly kind of st- like ran up to the plate a little just because there were runners on. And, Correa just kind of, like, stared him down, and Kelly just turned back around. Very intense situation. Then Kelly strikes Correa out on a really low, bad pitch. Korea's wild swing. Um, and then the benches come out. The benches come out. Obviously, you can't fight each other because coronavirus. Put your masks on, guys. Like, let's go. But there was some heated exchange. Joe Kelly had a series of funny faces he made, uh, kind of mocking Korea, walked to the dugout, and then that's when the benches kind of released because there were definitely words exchanged. I don't know if you saw exactly what was said. But I mean, just everything on Twitter is so funny. Like so funny. All the comments, because you obviously have the people being like, okay, like this is funny, but Kelly shouldn't have thrown at Korea's head blah, 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 blah. And then you have, you know, the people who are like, oh, my gosh, suspend Kelly, da, da, da. He's so immature. Okay, I get the whole – I mean, okay, Josh, you go first. What do you think? Because you just rolled your eyes. You just rolled your eyes.
1: Okay, on any other instance, yeah, suspend him. But, like, how many guys do you think are going to throw at the Astros this year, especially any competitive team? Like, they played the Mariners in their first series. Like, the Mariners suck. You know, they're not any good. But the Dodgers lost their World Series to the Astros probably because they were cheating and so- funny Kelly was like yawning after he almost struck Bregman, I think the first time he also threw a Bregman by the way. That wasn't an earlier that bat. And then he like stuck his tongue out at Correa or something. So that was super funny. Um but so he he struck him out and he didn't give him any runs. So shout out Joe Kelly. Obviously, you know, if a team has like two pitchers probably in a series hit them, something's gonna happen. But think about it, if every single series they play one pitcher like Joe Kelly, say it's like stroke for the Reds or I don't know, whoever your relievers are on the pirates like if one guy does it they're not gonna kick out. but the Astros have to expect this like you cheated and you got caught for it and you probably won a world series because you cheated you were banging on your trash cans you were using illegal cameras so I, I'm not saying that you should be throwing at people especially the head the head's a little too high you know if you're gonna do the ass or, or the butt or whatever um that's fine but I, I just thought it was kind of funny yesterday I thought it was more entertainment than it was a drama
0: I think and obviously we're never gonna condone like, throwing at someone's head, Like, that's not, that's not okay, because obviously, the head, no. Do I, did I dislike it? No. Like, I don't, just, it wasn't the at-bat, it was just the aftermath. Like, the faces Joe Kelly was making, like, he was like, ooh, like, that sucks. Obviously, he said a little more than that sucks, can't say it on this family-friendly podcast,
1: but (laughs) Family-friendly.
0: You have to – like you said, you have to expect this. I mean, every player is out to get the Astros. It sucks because some of those players, obviously not all of them were involved. Who knows how many of them knew about it. Obviously, you have rookies, things like that. But the players that were involved and that you know were involved, like you have another thing coming for you. And you can't – obviously, people cheat in every sport. And sign-stealing is – common in baseball but the way that the Astros did it obviously using so much advanced technology and just so advanced with it you got caught and you got caught doing you crossed the line you crossed the line on the sign stealing thing we've been over this we know what the Astros did blah 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 so you kind of have to expect this and again throwing at the head not good not good no 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 but you have to expect a little retaliation and I mean, Joe, the way Joe Kelly went about it was just funny. And then you have the people on Twitter saying like, oh, he just walked right to the dugout. You know, he didn't want to face Cray. The inning was over. He struck him out. He's going to, he's going to the dugout where he belongs. I mean, Cray is the one that kind of like, you know, drug it out. And then you obviously have the teams come out, but that was a little baseball drama, kind of funny, obviously. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see if anyone actually gets in like a fight or anything this year, because you can't, I mean, like according to all these guidelines and everything, you can't be touching each other, whatever, but what's going to happen. Something's going to snap eventually. I mean, especially with the Astros, if they're continuing, like if people are continue in throwing at them, continuously throwing at them and coming for them and trying to injure them, one of those Astro players is going to snap and go fight someone. What do you do then? do you, obviously, you're going to suspend them because of the fight, but do you suspend them longer? Do they have to quarantine? Does the player they fought have to quarantine? That's going to be really interesting, and I think that's why the whole thing with one of, I think, the Pirates GM it was and the ump last week was that you saw them get into that usual argument, but they both stayed their distance and had their masks on. And obviously, everyone's making fun of it on Twitter, but you have to respect them for – you know, the GM's getting his point across and the ump is getting his point across, but they're socially distancing and you know, they're away from each other and following these guidelines. You have to respect the level these athletes and coaches and umps and everybody in the sports world, you have to respect the level they're going to to play the game that they love and to give people entertainment and to give people sports. Obviously, the whole just the general idea of playing sports right now is very controversial, I think. Um Just because you have a lot of people saying this shouldn't even be happening. I don't care if there's a bubble like the NBA. Like, this should not be happening. Either way, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to debate that. But you have to respect the lengths these guys are going to. These guys, these athletes are going to to just play the sport.
1: Yeah, I mean – so I thought it was kind of weird at the end of their – or like the beginning of the end of their little brawl because like Kelly was coming off and he was making faces and Correa kind of started it. But then he was like, you won, dude. Why are you making faces? Like you struck me out. But then again, he was the first one to say something. So I thought that was weird. And, I you know, I think we're going to see a lot of people just like making faces and doing little things to try and like take off the Astros because they're going to do everything they can because everyone's mad. Again, especially it's going to be like the Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, whatever the people that were affected the most but li- like you said Gabby they kind of deserve it again not condoning throwing at someone's head but when you went to that length to win and it's just straight up cheating and how everything came out that's what you're gonna get so
0: it sucks I to could, be the Astros I feel like I forgot all about that just because of like COVID and everything I forgot that that was ever even a thing and I, maybe the Astros were hoping that like people just wouldn't think about it because they're so focused on social distancing and coronavirus and everything and just playing baseball while, you know, through this pandemic. But the players didn't forget. And I think, I don't know, I'm, I think it'll be interesting to see if they do start suspending pitchers or start, you know, doing whatever to teams if they are kind of continuously throwing at Astros players. It'll be interesting, obviously. Only 60 games to do it, so might as well get it in while you can, I guess. Um.
1: So, before we move on, I just want, since a lot of our fans are probably Cubs and White Sox, I want to give just, like, a little analysis on the first five games for each team.
0: Yeah, go ahead. You give Started, it
1: Start So, starting with the White Sox, they're 1-4, and four, and, the, like, the White Sox aren't going to be that bad this year because they have Anderson, moncada Abreu, Encarnacion, Luis Robert, the young star. Like, they have all these hitters that are going to be good. But their pitching, Gabby, is so bad. Dallas Keichel won their only game with a 338 ERA for the season. He gave up like two earned in 5.1 or something. Listen to these starting pitcher ERAs for the White Sox. Oh, Rodon, 12 27. Gio <laughs> Gonzalez, 14 7 3. Giolito's going to be fine. 17 1 8. Yeah, that's bad. Like, that's really, that's really bad.
0: That's disgusting.
1: So obviously, like, and then Cease, 15 4 3. So, obviously, like, I don't think the White Sox are going to be this bad, but I definitely think that White Sox fans that think that, you know, 2021's the year or whatever, like, you guys can say what you want, but if your second-best starter has an ERA in the 14s, like, obviously it's early, but I think that that's terrible. And this is, like, this is a sprint right now, especially if you're thinking about this year. You can't afford to get to that start. So, White Sox, you know, their they're hitting good. Like, they're hitting homers. They're scoring runs. So, that's good for them there. Their bullpen has been okay, unlike the Cubs, which I'll get to in a second. But I think the White Sox should be very concerned about their pitching. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Gabby.
0: I mean, those are just, like, horrible ERAs. Like, literally this like disgusting numbers. I mean, I think you brought it up. I've obviously been keeping up just because I'm from around the Chicago area. So, you know, I've always kept up with the Cubs and the Sox. But I think the Sox hitting is – going to be amazing in the next couple years. I don't think they're going to really get anywhere this year. Um, you have to have that balance of offensive defense. You have to have that balance of pitching and hitting, but if they can get some pitchers, maybe even get a trade in at the end of this year, you can get one or two solid pitchers in there. I think you can make a playoff run next year. Like I said, this year, not going to happen in my opinion. I think in two to three years, The White Sox could be a team to really be scared of. And I think you just – obviously, every White Sox fan for the past several years like, we're rebuilding, we're rebuilding. And every fan says that of when their team sucks. Like, we're rebuilding, oh, my God. But they have been rebuilding. They've been getting these younger hitters, these younger players who can really make a difference. But it comes down to the balance. It really comes down to the balance. You're not going to win the World Series with only hitting if you're – if the other team is hitting bombs off you every inning. It's just not going to happen. So I think once they find that balance, again, probably looking for a good trade at the end of this year um, going into next season. I think in three-ish years, the White Sox could be pretty dangerous. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, it all comes down to balance. So if the, they're not able to get any pitching, it's never going to go anywhere too far. What about the Cubs, though? Give us the Cubs, Josh.
1: One more thing for Knox, obviously Michael Kopech is sitting out and there's like their best starter probably. So I think next year or the year after that, Sas could be a playoff team. Cubs, four and one. That's like amazing for them. Their starting pitching is not going to keep up, but just the Cubs five stars through the first five games. Jeez. All right. Kyle Hendricks, no earned runs in nine innings. Three hit complete game. Fantastic. Chatwood in game three, one and run in six. No one was expecting that. He was fantastic. In game two, Darvish had their one bad start, three earned in four, and that's the one game they – lost. Everyone's going to lose a the game. There's no undefeated teams left. Alec Mills yesterday, two earned in six. Who predicted that? This guy's not even supposed to start for us. And then John Lester, five innings pitch, no earned runs, no hits. So that was awesome. Uh, lineup's great. Wilson Contreras is fantastic. Brian's like, Brian and Rose are like their only slow starts, but everyone knows they're going to hit 280, 290. But this bullpen, Gabby, I don't know if you heard what happened Monday night where they were up 7-0, and they barely won 8-7. Yeah. I, if For anyone that's listening to this that was watching, I was ready to throw my remote at the TV. But, like, these bullpen numbers are so bad. Kyle Ryan's fine. He has not given up a run. But, like, Tepera, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Three earned in two innings. Uh, Underwood Jr., three earned in 1.2. Sadler, one and one and a third. Norwood, three and one and a third. Kimbrell was the worst. He was, like, two earned in 0.1. That's a $16 million closer right there, and he's bad. So, if the Cubs want to do anything this year, obviously they're not going to have an 800 winning percentage. Like, that's not going to keep up. But if they want to win the division title, which I now believe they can, they need bullpen arms because your $16 million closer, being able to record one out and having no command is god-awful. So, even though they're off to a great start, I still have many concerns as a fan.
0: Where, what do you think the ceiling is for the Cubs this season? Like, taking sure. all things in consideration, where do you think they could end up?
1: Right now, I think they can win the division and get to the NLCS, but I can't see them getting to the World Series or winning just because, like, they don't have a bullpen. But if they traded a piece at the deadline for a bullpen guy and then, like, Kimbrell actually, you know, does well, Rowan Wick, Kyle Ryan continue to do well, and Jeremy Jeffress pans out, which would be the luckiest signing ever, they can win the World Series. But as of right now, even though their starting pitching has been through the roof and their batting order has been awesome, especially, like, Nico Horner, Big surprise at eight. Right now, NLCS, if they make a move or two, World Series. And I don't think that that's too bold. Like, I know I'm biased. Like, yeah. My Illinois and my Cubs predictions are way too biased. Yeah. But that said, like, their 4-1 record is not a fluke right now, I don't think. so.
0: No, I would agree. I think they have, like, a really solid lineup throughout. Like, I think they have a solid – balance obviously I know you're talking about the bullpen and everything that needs to change obviously if you want to win the World Series or even get to that point but I don't I don't think you're I don't think you're too crazy I think you are definitely a little biased a little up on them but I don't think you're too crazy I think a lot of people are high on the Cubs right now to begin with um and obviously you don't want to get too hung up on the start of a season but it's different when your season is only 60 games like Every game counts from game one, like games, like you're getting in, you're getting close to like 10 games now. Like you're obviously you're nowhere near the end, but every game counts in a shortened season. Um, I mean, I don't really know. I don't have much to say about the pirates because they're the pirates. Um, The only really good hitter we have right now is Colin Moran. Who's the third baseman. I mean, he has a, uh, three five three average I don't even know
1: he's a nice surprise yeah he's a nice surprise right now but
0: bad like he I don't know he has a couple home runs nothing crazy I mean our pitching isn't disgustingly horrible usually it is it's not bad I think like the leading ER like um Holland who's the main starting pitcher he has a 3.18 ERA not horrible and then our second guy Musgrove 4.76
1: Musgrove I'll, will be fine, too.
0: I'll take that for the Pirates. Like, give me that. Their third starting pitcher, Keller, 1.8. I'll take it. I'll take it right now. It. You know what? The Pirates have won two games. That's all I need. I was, like, so scared because they, they lost their first two. And then they won a couple. I was like, if they don't win any before, like, the 10-game mark, I'm going to cry. But obviously, the Pirates aren't doing anything this season. But still nice to have them win a couple games for me.
1: Yeah. No, the Pirates are good. I think that... For the Cubs, they play Sonny Gray tonight, so it's going to be a good test for them. Their first, I think, really good starting pitcher. And then Hendricks is back on the bump, so we'll see if he lives up to what he did on opening day. But, yeah, I'm loving the MLB so far. So, again, I'm just so excited for the season to continue on and hopefully no one else gets affected by COVID.
0: Exactly. All right, we're going to do a quick 180 to some Illinois basketball. This time, not – sad news like we had earlier. Kind of sad news. We don't know. We don't know. That's the sad part. So yeah. IO Kofi. We know they've de- they declared for the draft. I owe more so in than Kofi. Kofi it seems like he was just exploring his options. But we're a little confused. Um I think the Illinois basketball fandom media, everybody's a little lost right now. Yeah. A couple days ago Io we found out that Io got picked to go to the NBA combine. We don't even actually know if the combine's gonna happen. That's just like it's set up, whatever. But a lot of sources around the NBA just from reading things on Twitter, um, they don't even think a combine's gonna happen. So this is a I don't know the point of this. I mean, I get trying to like tell these guys if like scouts trying to tell these guys if they're, you know, gonna get drafted their probability of getting drafted so I get the point of announcing like the combine but you don't even think it's gonna happen I don't know I think there's a lot of like speculation going around about it but Io has a is confirmed that he got selected for the combine yeah now here's where we get and it's pretty uh we've we we io has gone like I was gone I think we've kind of concluded that ourselves um But now we have a little – we're confused on Kofi. So Adam Zagoria from New York Times Sports, Forbes Sports, um, he tweeted – when was it? A couple days ago. Two days ago. So this was the 27th. When was that? Mm -hmm. Monday. Monday. He tweets, Illinois freshman big man Kofi received an NBA combine invite per source. Doesn't say who the source is, whatever. Whatever. Everyone freaked out. Everyone freaked out. Kofi's posting all these things on his Instagram story. Everyone's like congratulating him. He's like, thanks, da 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 da. I'm pretty sure he posted something about like taking risks or something. Um, so everyone's like, oh my gosh, Kofi's gone. Sayonara, there goes Illinois basketball this year. Well, then today, Wednesday, Wednesday morning, same guy, Adam Zagoria, tweets to clarify. Illinois' Sumu received an NBA Combine invite, but Kofi Coburn has not. Both were on the list of 105 players voted upon by NBA personnel. So, to clarify, the 105 was a list of potential potential players for the Combine, just a list of who they were looking at. The Combine is going to be a group of 60 to 75 out of the big 105 so the 105 was just a top voting list of who could get the invite then there was 60 to 75 players who actually got the invite kofi apparently was not in that 60 to 75 players who got the invite so that's where we stand with iowa and kofi the news right now we don't know too much um obviously because things we don't even know where this guy's sources were coming from. Um, not to say he's not credible, but he clearly made a mistake, um, a big mistake, obviously, because we all know the Illinois fandom, Illinois Twitter, crazy. They're a bunch of crazy people, rightfully so. Um, <laughs> we know that, us included. But that's a big mistake to make, saying that he got an invite when he actually didn't. Obviously, I think it's important that we wait on an official announcement but I'm a little more confused on Kofi. I don't know about you, Josh, but I'm confused that he should have known if he got the invite or not, but he was reposting all these things that were saying he did. I mean, what do you think?
1: Okay, first off, Adams Goria, really bad reporting. Like, I'm I'm being totally serious. That's awful reporting. He didn't say reportedly received an invite like Joey Wagner did. He said, Illinois freshman big man received an NBA combat, combat invite. Per source he added the per source but he made it seem like this is like dead in, you know in the water he got it so bad reporting by Adam Zagoria thank you for clarifying but whatever Io apparently like received an invitation personally like Io knew and he's also according to Sam Bassini at The Athletic he's number 53 so good for Io like he's probably not coming back but good for him mm-hmm. Kofi should not have reposted that stuff but like he heard he got an invite like how else is he supposed to find out he doesn't know so like I don't know. Kofi's apparently ranked number 96. Like, so he was on that list of 105, but 96, obviously only 60 players get drafted. Doesn't look like he's getting drafted. I think that's pretty well known right now. But some people make dumb decisions and decide to go to the G League. Maybe not, that's not that dumb, and I'm just overreacting. But again, did he get an invite or not? I, I don't know. He, when you see something on Instagram story and Snapchat story from the actual person, like, oh, I got it, and he's reposting stuff. That really makes you. That really makes it seem like he got it. So, um, my guess is he probably didn't receive an invite personally, like IO did. You know, like he had like a pretty informal tweet. He was just like, invite with a check mark or something. So good for IO again. But Kofi, I just think we don't know. It's kind of like all the COVID stuff. We just don't know right now. And if he doesn't get that invite, I think he definitely should be back. I don't know if you agree with me on that, Gabby. Yeah, but if he got that invite, it makes things a lot more interesting.
0: If he got the invite, I respect him for taking the chance on himself and saying, you know what? I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm leaving college, whatever. If he got the invite, if he did not get the invite, do not go, like do not leave college, spend another year. But I also get it. I get it because again, you want to take a chance on yourself. This is a guy who, you know, wants to be able to support the people he loves, wants to be able to, you know, make it. In the basketball world, I respect taking a chance on yourself. And I also respect it because you don't know what the college basketball season is going to hold. You see all these fall sports getting canceled right now. You see basketball, college basketball kind of teetering in between that fall-winter sport area. So, you know, it's very unclear where college basketball stands. In a perfect non-COVID world, I think it's a no-brainer that Kofi should come back. But in this COVID world, in this unpredictable world right now, I could see where he and his people are kind of like, you know what? Who even knows if you get college basketball? Who even knows if you get another season, then it's a waste when you could just be in the G League actually playing, practicing, whatever. Personally, I think he should come back. I think he should take the risk of there possibly not being a college basketball season. I find that really hard to believe that there will be no college basketball this year. And he can progress more at the college level. Obviously, yeah, you can progress at the next level, but not a lot of NBA coaches or you know teams want to be the team building, like continuing to build and progress a player. You want a player who obviously needs work and needs experience, but a player of Kofi's level right now, he's not going to get enough like pro-level experience to actually progress a ton. Um, so I don't know. I personally I agree with you. I think he should come back. Um, but I could I could reason with his idea of going. But it all depends on the combine invite. And again, it's very very confusing. It'd be less confusing if you know this reporter was just wrong and Kofi hadn't posted anything. But Kofi was posting stuff, and so it's like was he just also mistaken? Or do we not know something? Is this reporting all wrong? Because he's really, this Adam Zagoria guy is really the only guy who's re- actually reported on it per a source. Like you've seen Illinois media members comment on his on this report, but I think we have to wait and see. I think it sucks because every Illinois fan, everyone surrounding Illinois basketball is kind of on the edge of their seat right now because a lot of the team's success this coming season will depend on Kofi's return. And not. not that I think... That they're gonna be horrible if Kofi doesn't come back. But that's that was one of your him and I were your difference makers this year. And having a guy in the paint who is experienced at the Big Ten level, playing a guy like Luca Garza, things like that, that's so valuable. And to not have that is gonna be really devastating to the team. Um, but we just have to wait and see. We have to wait and see on more reports, more official reporting, and if Kofi himself post anything Kofi's very vocal on social media so I have to have a feeling we'll get something out of him eventually but for right now it's kind of all up in the air
1: yeah I mean so they have until August 3rd to decide but I saw something on Twitter today about being able to push that back two weeks to August 17th so we'll see how that impacts them I think if Kofi doesn't get an invite he'll just be like what up I'm back he'll do his version of unfinished business which he should he's a difference maker he should be able to do that it's going to be interesting for I/O because what if he goes to the combine? Even though we think he's a guy that'll shine at a combine, right? What if it doesn't happen? What if he doesn't do well? He might use those like that time to push it back. And then I'm not saying he's going to. I'm not saying I think he's going to. I'm not saying he should, but he could announce his return in that period, like August 10th, August 15th, you know, somewhere in that range. So that's going to be interesting. All these dates are really interesting. I think that August 3rd is going to be good. You know, tell as to whether you know to see what I own Kofi, but especially Kofi are thinking. But yeah, Kofi is going to be your difference maker. So if he doesn't get an invite, should be back. If he does, that's where it gets interesting.
0: Yeah, quick college football announcement. Um, Josh, you just saw this that the ACC will play an 11 game football schedule that starts the weekend of September 12th and includes a full league schedule for Notre Dame. Yeah, so Notre Dame has a conference for this season. They're not out on their own um, just because so many of these Power Five conferences have announced that they're only playing conference. So we've had a school like Notre Dame be kind of like, okay, where where are we going? We don't have a conference, which that's a whole nother debate. But I mean, it's good to see that they're going to be included, obviously, because they are a team that a lot of people follow, a lot of people watch, um, solid team. So that's good to hear. Obviously, we're still waiting on college football news everything's so up in the air right now I mean you have I think Rutgers it was just had 15 football players test positive after there was like a report of a house party that a bunch of athletes were at (sighs) just irresponsible And, and and that's and you can't it's hard because we're college students so we understand going out and being with people and having parties and things like that that's such a big part of college whether parents like to hear it or not But if you want to play your football season, you have to make some sacrifices this season. And if you don't, aren't willing to make those sacrifices, aren't willing to skip on the house party, aren't willing to skip on hanging out with your other friends, it's not, the season's not going to happen. And obviously we can't put that much pressure on 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds. And it sucks that they have that pressure, but it's really part of, the college football season. Most of the college football season is riding on these players to be a little more responsible than they normally should be. Um, and I think that's hard. I think it's difficult, and it's a lot to expect. And you're going to have those fans and those people get really mad at those players. I'm not necessarily mad at them. I. It's just a little, a little disappointing. You think they would be a little more careful and be a little more responsible, um, considering they. So many college football players have come out and said they want to play so bad they're going to do anything to do it I don't know I mean Josh what do you think about all that
1: honestly I, I agree with you the college football season is still up in the air the thing that I was more intrigued about actually from the news is is Notre Dame going to stay in the ACC Are they going to have a conference? I don't know, because obviously basketball plays for ACC. But, yeah, what what you're saying, like, the Rutgers guys going to the party, that's stupid. Like, that's just dumb. If you have people coming on social media, you know, we'll do whatever we can to play, like, good, say that, but then live up to your actions So or, like, live up to your words. So, you know, obviously that's dumb, but I think that that should go down, especially because teams are, like, shutting down their camps right now or whatever, you know, Uh, for COVID. So people are going to see that and get scared, yeah. College football is still up in the air right now. I'm not confident in it, especially right now. But, yeah, like I said, I'm more intrigued about Notre Dame. Like, are they going to stay in the ACC? Are they going to go back to their independent thing, which has seemed to work for them for years? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think a lot depends on what college football decides to do. Obviously, if they decide to go to a spring season – I don't know I think it is interesting though I think it's been a debate for a while whether Notre Dame should stay independent or should join a conference so I think this could be a cool little like test run for them um and test run for the ACC and just see how Notre Dame works within an actual conference hopefully we get to see that um but obviously we'll talk more about college football again when we get a little more information but NBA starts Thursday, tomorrow, as we're recording this, tomorrow the NBA starts, Um, and it starts with a couple good matchups. You have Jazz, Pelicans, and then the one everybody wants to see, Clippers, Lakers, Battle of LA, gonna be super fun. LeBron, Kawhi, back at it. So excited. Is AD still out? Um,
1: So AD had the cream goggles on today. He got poked in the eye, but he's playing, yeah. AD is going to get cleared. Well, I think he did get cleared. I think he said he's good for tomorrow, so.
0: Okay, perfect. Full because strength. That's, that's going to be, a obviously, a huge factor. I mean, it's AD. I think NBA might work. I think this season might work. I think the NBA bubble has been a wild ride. I think it has been so interesting to follow. Um, you have players sitting in, like, kiddie pools for ice sats. I don't know. I've seen so many crazy things. I know we talked a little bit about that whole thing on Twitter where we saw some girl got invited to the bubble. We haven't had any, seen any more reports of that, which is good. I think these players, it it seems like a big like fraternity that <laughs> they're all just like each team is in their own little like fraternity right now. I think this might be good for a lot of NBA, NBA teams. You're seeing a lot of players like bond and just have, like having your fun time with the bros or whatever. That's what it seems like, and I think they are taking the virus very seriously and taking their like they're being very selfless they're all being very selfless um and I don't want to put them on too high of a pedestal because obviously they're getting to do their job and you know they're getting a lot of exceptions to the rules around the United States right now surrounding COVID um but I think it'll be fun, and I think you're actually going to see this season go through just because they are in that bubble, and I think you're going to see the NHL really thrive off that environment, too. Um, we'll probably talk more about that next week as they're getting ready to start. But this NBA, it, this could be fun. Like, this could be really fun. I I think the obvious choice to win the whole thing is the Lakers. Um, I think if the universe – not the obvious choice, okay – the, no,
1: okay. say your opinion. I'll talk later. No, say what okay. you, say I what don't want
0: obvious choice, but, like, the universe is obvious choice. If you believe in, like, fate and anything like that, it has to be the Lakers. I mean, sure. Kobe, it has to be the Lakers. Um, sure. Do I think that's going to happen? Don't. know. I have a hard time thinking LeBron's going to not win. Like I have a hard time thinking he's not going to go out there and win for Kobe and win for the Lakers and everything that has happened this year because he's LeBron. I mean, he's LeBron and you have AD, but there's a lot of teams that are going to stand in the way of that. Josh, what do you think? Who do you think, who do you think is going to win it? Where do you think this NBA season stands right now?
1: So, as far as where the season stands, I think that Adam Silver is the best commissioner in pro sports right now. Shout out to David Stern because, you know, rest in peace, he's awesome. But Adam Silver might be even better for the game than him, dare I say. But, like, it's going to work. The bubble's going to work. I Unless they start inviting girls super randomly, which I don't think's going to happen, it's going to work. So, you know, good for them, good for Adam Silver. All right, what do I think? I think that the world wants the Lakers and LeBron to win. Mm-hmm. I don't. Um, but not only do I not want them to win I don't think they're gonna win I don't think that you can have like Deion Waiters as your starting point guard and maybe Avery Bradley or Danny Green as your starting two, and be good enough to win like yeah LeBron and AD are the best duo in in the NBA like Kawhi and Paul George aren't even really a close second and they're elite like I don't think that it's close but that said they don't have the surrounding pieces that a team like the clippers do or the team like the bucks do i think the celtics are the sleeper team i think that they could very well end up in the nba finals i'm not sure that they can beat a clippers they could they could be the lakers in my opinion but yeah i'm gonna take the clippers i'm gonna say that Kawhi's is gonna get he's gonna win finals mvp with a third team i think that'll cement him as a top five player ever i that's my prediction for that but yeah I also think it's really fun because this is not a fresh start. Like they're picking up right where they left off. Like the Lakers are the one seed right now. The Clippers are the three seed, maybe the two seed, four seed. I'm not sure. You know, the middle of the NBA season is always weird, but we don't get a fresh start. They're picking up right where they left off. So I just think I love the way they did the schedule. I'm really excited for the playoffs. I'm excited to see LeBron. He's so old. We'll see if this impacts him at all, but it's going to be a ton of fun. And, MLB coming back, NBA coming back. It has me fired up. I'm just so excited that sports are back.
0: Oh, he said he's so old. He's not that
1: old. He is old. He's 37.
0: Yeah, it's, but it's LeBron, so whatever. Um, that's –
1: okay, yeah, you're totally right. It's I LeBron. I think we're
0: leaving out the Bucks a little. I think we're underappreciating the Bucks a little, unless you don't – you don't think the Milwaukee Bucks have any chance. What do you think?
1: Oh, so LeBron's 35, by the way. I'm dumb. Um, but – no, the Bucs are my favorite in the East. I think that I know I mentioned the Celtics and not the Bucs. Like I said, the Celtics could get in. That's my number two. Like the Bucs are going to get to the NBA finals. It's unless the Celtics do something crazy. No, they could definitely do that. But my only problem is that Giannis is still a little inexperienced. You know, mm-hmm. like no one can deny what he does at the bucket, but and his three point shooting can get really inefficient. But imagine if Giannis can knock down a three pointer. Oh That's my gosh. Like, enough. Dang. If he if he shoots above a third from there, like, the Bucs can really win. They need a good series out of Chris Middleton. I like Eric Bledsoe at their one. Brooke Lopez is a lot of fun on the defensive side at the five. They have the pieces to do it. I'm just concerned with, like, a Paul-George-Kawhi matchup, or especially a LeBron-Anthony Davis matchup for them. But, yeah, Bucks definitely my favorite in the East. Yeah, I'll go on the – in the East, Bucks. It's hard for me to not say the 76ers because they could either be really good or really bad, but I'll go Bucks celtics then. Lakers, Clippers, Clipper, Clippers, Bucks, Clippers.
0: Okay. I mean, I think the NBA Finals, it's going to be Lakers, but, Um, I do – I am a little worried about – I think the Clippers and the Lakers are going to meet um, in the semis. And I think I'm a little worried about Kawhi. Um, and the – like, just – I don't know. Kawhi is just such like a – Just like calm, poised, and he's such a defender. Like the Clippers have a better defensive team, in my opinion, than the Lakers. And I think, do like, do you agree?
1: Yeah.
0: And I think defense wins championships. Obviously, that's such a cliche in basketball. But obviously, LeBron can be the exception to the rule. And it's not like the Lakers have a bad defense; like they have a good defense too. But I think you could really see the Clippers challenge the Lakers in a different way than they've been challenged before um but I think at the end of the day it's going to be the Clippers or the Lakers beating the Bucks. I think you have the two duos you have Kawhi obviously Paul George and then you have LeBron and AD and then the Bucks. you have Giannis you don't have that second obviously they have a solid roster behind Giannis but you don't have an AD you don't have um a Paul George you just don't and I think that's going to be hard for Giannis to compete with because not that you're going one on two that's the wrong way to say it but you don't have that second guy who's also elite who's also in the top like area of the NBA so I think it's going to come down to the Lakers or the Clippers and whoever wins that series is going to win it all but we don't know. You could have a couple sleeper teams. Like you said, the Celtics um, could come out and do some damage. I think, I don't think anybody's going to get past the Clippers or the Lakers. Um, but I think it'll be interesting. I think, like I kind of said, I think the universe, it's the Lakers. I think, like, fate and all of that, it's the Lakers. But obviously, Sports don't rely on faith um, and fate and the universe and whatever other karma, things like that. Um, I think this NBA season is going to be really interesting and really, really fun to watch. Um, Something I also want to bring up is the support that the WNBA has gotten um, in the last couple weeks coming back on their start. Obviously, you know, you had the big game. Um, Sabrina UNASCU had her first game. Um, They lost, but – She played well what she played well she played well yeah so 12 yeah. points um I think everyone was kind of ganging up on her a little obviously she's the new rookie to watch out for she's obviously an amazing talented basketball player mm-hmm. um and obviously you're facing off against a team with Sue Bird the greatest point guard um she now Sue Bird is old and she's still a starting point guard I think I looked it up the other day she's 38 I believe yeah 38 39 now. She's 39. She's going to be 40 this year and she's still playing at the highest level of women's basketball. I mean, that's just incredible. And I think you've seen we've seen so much the orange WNBA hoodie. We've seen that wrapped by so many NBA players. Obviously, you know, LeBron has always been an advocate for the WNBA and just women's sports in general. Um and I think it's a good seeing all these NBA players um show that support is a very like low-key way of expressing what Kobe Bryant always stood for Um, obviously he's not there to do it right now so I think seeing so many of these male professional athletes support women's sports right now um, is huge and it's not something that Kobe Bryant obviously started you know male athletes have been supporting women's sports but you don't see it that often and you haven't seen it vocalized but I think we're in a time period right now like this very moment obviously you have so many social movements going on so many social injustices that you're seeing come to light and I think it's really amazing to see how professional sports in this pandemic have not only like kind of come through this pandemic to be able to play right now but stand against racism stand against sexism all these different things it's really inspiring and it's really just highlights how sports are so much more than a game and so much more than you know sports like it professional players have grown into incredible advocates and I think I don't know it's just really like moving to see and it's really moving to see them support each other
1: yeah, no, I totally agree. Especially the social stuff. Like I'm into that. My like I just think it's really cool to see all that. And especially these like uh, sorry, I just got news about Joe Kelly. He got suspended like eight games. Um yeah.
0: Rip Joe. Yeah.
1: yeah, he got suspended eight games. That's all right. Whatever. Um, where was I? Yes. Uh just the I like all the social stuff. I know that they like walked out before the national anthem. There's controversy, but they're trying to prove a point. So shout out the NBA and the WNBA for both like being advocates in that, especially the WNBA. Also Kyrie Irving, who's not even playing, pledged like a million and a half dollars or something like that to help the WNBA, WNBA players who are sitting out like, that's awesome. Like, that's so awesome. So, the WNBA is gained all the support. Kyrie, who's not playing, that's super generous that he's doing that. I'm glad he's doing something with his time. Kyrie's a good guy. Like, he's been questioned in the past. But, like, you know, he's had, like, some weird conspiracies about the earth and stuff like that. But good for him. Uh, yeah, yeah. The WNBA, I've watched a little bit of that myself. That's been, that's, that's been fun, too. All these sports coming back is really fun. So, yeah. No, I, I agree with everything you said. This has been awesome.
0: Yeah, I think just with – sports being gone for so long. I think more people are appreciating women's sports. And it's obviously sad because women's sports should always be appreciated, but people just want to watch sports and they're watching women's sports, women's soccer, women's basketball. These sports are kind of coming back and they're kind of realizing, okay, yeah, like we, like we should always have been supporting women's sports. Like they are incredible athletes too. Obviously we've been, been known that like we knew that but it's good to see other people and I love the Kyrie thing I love what he's been doing um but we okay we have to wrap it up with the Joe Kelly news Um, oh my
1: gosh this is this is awesome he
0: he was just now suspended for eight games 11 percent of the season more obviously more than any Astros players got suspended or punished for literal illegal activity um at the highest form of like literally the playoffs the World Series like Joe Kelly gets suspended I get I get a suspension because if you're suspending me because he threw out his head I get that um and I think it's hard to argue that that was unintentional but eight games
1: okay well Jeff Passon the woge of the MLB Said in announcing it, MLB referred to Kelly's past history with an intentional throwing, which is very true. Kelly's not a good guy. Yeah. And his fastball that Buzz Bregman and his taunting of Correa. He totally deserves eight games. He deserves it. I'm not saying I would have given it to him, but like it 100% makes sense. It 100% makes sense. Joe Kelly's not a good guy and he shouldn't have been taunting him, but like we knew it was going to happen. So. You know, even on this show, I said I didn't think that there would be suspensions with one player, but apparently if you treat him the way Joe Kelly did, you're going to get eight games. So maybe they upped it to eight because they don't want other players doing this. And, you know, they're just assuming that other teams are going to do this, like, especially when, like, well, they're not going to, but if the Yankees were to play him in the playoffs or something, they would definitely try and strike him like the Dodgers did. So, again, kind of expected. I'm a little surprised, but not, you know. Nothing too crazy for me to process.
0: Like, I understand the suspension, obviously, because Joe Kelly created a very dangerous environment um, on Tuesday night. And obviously, that's like we've said, it's not okay to be doing that and trying to intentionally injure someone. I think what's throwing me is just that, just like how weird the season is, because that's 11% of a season. That's, yeah, that comes down to a lot. And I think. I definitely understand that maybe they went a little on the higher side just to try and prevent this from happening because I think the MLB knows. Everybody knows nobody likes the Astros. Everybody knows that someone's like someone's going to go for the Astros. A lot of people are going to go for the Astros. What I'm more worried about now, I just kind of thought about this, it's like when you're getting to the end of the 60-game season and there's teams who know they are not making the playoffs, um, not that I think the Dodgers are one, but say the Dodgers – they're it's the end and they're not making the playoffs. They know. And they're playing the Astros in a series. You don't think they're all just gonna throw right at the Astros because who cares? They can get suspended. It doesn't matter. Like and I guess you could maybe have the MLB, you'll see them carry those suspensions over or maybe even fines in the offseason. But I think you're you should be a little scared if you're on the Astros right now. You should be a lot scared because you're gonna have guys who just don't care. Um, I don't think you're going to see that multiple times, but you could have a guy who knows he's going to get suspended and just throws right at him because, you know, I don't care. Um, I get the suspension. I think putting it in context with the Astros makes it harder to, like, accept the eight games just because no Astros players got suspended at all, and that's obviously been such a big controversy. Um, Like I said, understand the suspension, little hard to accept when you put it into context with the Astros and just everything that's happened surrounding them.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, like obviously no Astros are going to get suspended after uh, after last night, but you're right. Just the fact, just thinking about how no players got suspended with the whole cheating thing, it just rubbed you the wrong way. And then mm-hmm. Kelly gets eight games for this. Like I said, I'm not going to defend Joe Kelly. He is no. not a good guy. And I think no. that's fair to say based on his past actions, eight games like for the rest of the season it's like 15 percent of the rest of games so that's so much but I I don't know if he deserved it or not I whatever I just think that the Astros shouldn't have cheated in the first place
0: agreed I think we can all agree on that um well that I guess just about wraps up our week today I mean I don't have to talk about obviously we'll be back with Hopefully some positive NBA updates. Hopefully no more MLB cases, big chunks of cases surrounding teams. Hopefully, you know, we get a little more news on college football. But for me and for Josh, thanks for listening. This has been the Daily Line Sports Podcast.